Welcome to the Strangeology Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Boren. From cryptozoology, ufology, and the paranormal, to legends, forbidden history, and more, listen in and explore the world of the weird and unexplained. Join me as I look into strange and fascinating tales and unearth the truths and theories behind some of the world's greatest mysteries. Be sure to head on over to our HQ, strangeology.com, where you can check out our blog, episodes archive, gift shop, sign up to our email list, and so much more. For daily updates, trivia, shenanigans, and the occasional giveaway, follow us on social media over Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And now, on to this week's episode. Hello and welcome to the very, very, very first episode of the Strangeology podcast. If you're not familiar with Strangeology, hi, I'm Jeff. I run a Instagram page, strange.ology, and that's kind of where everything started and, and started taking off for <laughs> what I do, uh, which is talking about uh, cryptozoology, UFOs, ghosts, the occasional conspiracy theory, but more so I think the bulk of what I talk about over on Instagram and my blog is really kind of the whole world of cryptids, which is super fun and I'm pretty passionate about it. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of what Strangeology is. Um, and I decided a little while ago that I wanted to get into the whole world of podcasting Um met a lot of great people through this community that do podcasts and it really inspired me to do that uh, and kind of take this leap. So hopefully some of y'all have uh, jumped over from social media and are checking this out. I do hope to bring some really great uh, content over here on the podcast and continue hopefully to do, you know, still update the blog and um, the Instagram and all that as we move forward. My schedule over the last couple months has been a little wild, but I was fortunately able to start Strangeology earlier in the year as I was let go from my job that I had for a very long time and kind of didn't really have much going on as I was, you know, sending, sending resumes out and nothing was really happening because of the pandemic. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to start a blog on Instagram and, uh, just kind of see what, see what happens. And things kind of took off and it's been a lot of fun so far. So I figured I'd kind of just set my goals here with this episode and kind of give a little, uh, who is who is uh, strangeology and why am I doing this and and uh, what I hope to accomplish and and all that. So I grew up in New England and I've lived here pretty much my whole life. And New England has quite a bit of weird stuff going on. Um, probably most notably, uh, at least in the cryptid world, we have Champ in Lake Champlain. And then there's also, while it's, you know, technically not New England, it's New York. There's the infamous Bigfoot sighting in Whitehall, which is a cool story, uh, which I hope to kind of do an episode on at some point in the future. <laughs> but I grew up 
kind of, I feel like I was a little bit of a weird kid, as I'm sure a lot of you uh, listeners probably felt a little bit like that growing up. If you were into this subject matter, yeah, I would always, always tune into episodes on Bigfoot and Nessie and UFOs, aliens and ghosts on the Discovery Channel and Sci-Fi Channel growing up. You know, I'd check out the, the old sci-fi show Sightings or In Search Of, and it always just kind of grabbed me for some reason or another. I don't know why. <laughs> it's just something that's always... There's some kind of weird wonder around the world and fascination with the unknown for me. And with Strangeology, I hope I can shed some light on information and maybe get other people into the the Fortean subject matter uh, that is very rich and diverse <laughs> around uh, everywhere on this planet. It's It's quite quite intense. So yeah, I grew up watching these, these shows and TV specials. Uh, I remember, uh, when I was in, uh, probably the fifth or the sixth grade being the one kid who would go to the section in the, the school library that for some reason, I don't know why they had these books, but maybe they just thought it was fun entertainment, whoever the librarian was at the time. But there were several books on UFOs and, and Bigfoot and other cryptids, and I'd always go to that section in the library and, and go check out those books and take them out and read them. And, you know, it's, it's just been a, a consistent fascination in my life growing up. Having different experiences with certain things, um, paranormal or... Uh, cryptid related or even UFO related in my life has, <laughs> has uh, kind of kept me on the track of continuing to research into these subjects. So, you know, might as well just drop a couple stories or two that kind of just reinforce my, my own uh, beliefs and, and biases uh, for this whole world. I guess uh, probably my my big one is uh, when I was about 13 years old, my brother had uh, taken me to go see a movie. It was actually the re-release of Empire Strikes Back in 1997. I believe it was April. And we were driving back. It was late at night. And we were taking a back road to get home. I grew up kind of in a rural area in New England, so <laughs> a lot, a lot of, a lot of woods, a lot of, a lot of back roads. So there was a on this this back road to get to our our home. There was a straightaway and kind of like you know fields on on each side. So it was a pretty open sky, and you could see the tree line ahead about a half a mile and the road. Eventually, once I hit the tree line, this road bends and kind of goes downhill into the woods and then empties out in a river valley. And I remember very distinctly driving down this road, sitting in the back seat of my brother's old Volvo 240, just kind of chilling out. It was late. I was tired. Um, and I remember seeing these three lights hovering over 
the tree line, and there is a nearby airport, but the flight path of all the planes that take off and land at this particular airport weren't in this area. So my first instinct was that it it was a plane, it was landing, but I was like, this is really low and too far away from the airport to be a plane. So I rolled down the rear driver's side window. Yeah, it was a roll down because it was an old 80s Volvo. <laughs> and I remember that the lights were still in the sky over the trees. And, you know, the, the logic behind rolling down the window was that, like, maybe there was some kind of light in the car uh, that was reflecting off the inside of the window. But sure enough, the lights were still there. And it was pretty clear that they were stationary in the sky, just hovering. So we got closer and closer to whatever this collection of lights was. And I was kind of trying to signal to my brother, who was driving, that uh, there's something going on up here. And he was just kind of like, oh, shut up, Jeff. (laughs) And eventually we got close enough to this thing that you could kind of make out. It was a pretty clear night, too, and you could make out that there was a solid structure between the three lights that were in a triangular formation. And we wound up driving under this thing and kept going. And that was the last I saw of it. I remember looking out the window up above the trees, and I could make out like maybe one or two of the lights. And looking back on it years later, the thing I would estimate, you know, once like Google Maps came out one day, I was like, I'm going to see if I can measure what I can best remember as to where each light was. And I, it came out to something like bigger than a 747 plane, which is pretty large for something to be hovering in that particular area. So that was a very, uh, life-changing, eye-opening experience. And I had already kind of, you know, seen a lot of UFO documentaries and alien shows. I'm not saying it was alien. could have been some kind of experimental technology. Who knows? My gut instinct is that it was uh, otherworldly, but, you know, the jury's out, obviously. Interestingly, though, several years later after that incident, throughout the years, my brother had never mentioned anything about that night. But at a family get-together one day, uh, somehow the topic of UFOs came up, and he actually brought up that story. And I was like, yeah, I saw that thing. And he was like, oh, you saw that too? And so that kind of confirmed that, yeah, there was something up there that night that kind of defied explanation. There was another time back when I was probably about nine, and my folks had bought a pool, an above-ground pool for me and my my siblings uh, to swim in. And there was one night where my mother and her best friend were out on the pool deck, and I was swimming, doing a little night swimming, and they were kind of, you know, watching me, making sure I didn't drown, right? (laughs) 
and I was just swimming and there's bats that always come out. So you can feel, you could feel them like dive bomb you. Um, not you, but the insects that landed in the pool. And I remember like coming out of the water and I'm just kind of rubbing the, the chlorinated water out of my eyes. And I remember in the woods, I should probably describe what the, the property kind of looked like. It was, um, the back, the pool was in the backyard. It was on like five acres of land up on top of a hill in the woods. And the backyard was kind of open and then surrounded by trees. And there were, we had neighbors that were like through the trees. You could, you know, see the, the lights from the houses and stuff. But I remember kind of coming out of the water and all of a sudden I was looking towards the tree line and there was this globe of light that just kind of zipped through the woods coming roughly like north, northeast ish to uh, what, what would that be? South, southwest ish. And it was really quick. It was like an instant. And I was kind of like, okay, I don't know what that was. Probably just imagining things as a nine-year-old <laughs> swimming at night while his mom and, and best friend are smoking cigarettes on the pool deck. And so I kind of just ignored it and then kept swimming. And probably about five, ten minutes later, for some reason, I was looking back uh, towards the south southern direction where the light ball, whatever it was, initially headed. And it, in that moment, it came back the other way and went back to where it originally came from. And at that point, I was like, Mom, I'm going inside. <laughs> I don't know if my mom and her friends saw it yeah, or, or what it was, but that was kind of a weird experience for sure. Not sure if I've ever really heard of any other stories like that, but, you know, there's uh, definitely been, been some weird happenings in the town I grew up in, for sure. As far as cryptid stuff, around the same age bracket I was in, one of my friends growing up and I used to love to go hiking in the woods. Uh, we were we were on a neighbor's property, and there was a steep hill incline that we were kind of hiking up and just having a good time uh, being kids. And we came up to this tree, and... I remember we looked up and there was this weird kind of monkey looking thing just kind of clinging onto the tree. And it had, it was not very big. It was furry and it had really large eyes and it had, you know, kind of human like hands with opposable thumbs. And we freaked out and ran out of the area as fast as we could without falling down the hill. <laughs> and, um, we wound up going back to the spot later and whatever was in that tree was gone. So the question is, did someone have some kind of exotic pet that went out? Did we just imagine it or did we see some kind of, some kind of regular animal in the area that had something weird going on, like a raccoon or some kind of mutant squirrel. <laughs> That's really all there is around here that climbs trees. Um, and later 
later in life, well, not really later in life, but um, when I was around 20 years old or so, I had recently gotten into a band called the Mars Volta, and they had a album, their very first one, that came out, and it had a silhouette of a tarsier monkey on it, and I remember looking up an actual picture, because I was like, that looks really familiar, and I saw it, and it immediately clicked in my head. I was like, that looks like that thing that I saw with my friend, like, all those years ago in the trees on my neighbor's property. So... Maybe it was that, or maybe it was something else. <laughs> so not necessarily really a cryptid story, but interesting nonetheless. And then there's uh, there's also, you know, uh, paranormal stuff that I've experienced throughout life. And some people say certain families, you know, are able to detect things a little more, which I'm not really <laughs> into messing with that kind of stuff too closely. So... But I'll probably go into some some other stories like that at some point of mine in the future, just so we're not too long-winded here. Uh, this is, you know, obviously the first episode, and I don't want it to drag on too long uh, since I don't have a research subject or someone to interview. So, and speaking of which, just the goals of this podcast... If you're familiar with my Instagram page, I do go into deep dive blog posts, mostly using imagery to kind of like type out stories about different cryptids or different UFO encounters or events or paranormal related subjects. So my hope for this podcast is to really kind of go on deep dive investigations on that kind of stuff probably be pretty heavily weighted in the cryptid category because that's super fun. Definitely we'll be covering other stuff as well. Uh, I'm hoping to get people on to the show and interview other uh, creators in the community as well as um, people who have had experiences in the future. So I'll try to figure out some kind of way for people to uh, call in uh, either with Zoom or another method. So it will be tons of fun. And that's kind of what we're hoping to do here on the Strangeology podcast. So I think I'm going to end this in just a minute. So if you haven't checked out uh, the website, uh, www.strangeology.com, that's kind of the, the headquarters. I do occasional blog updates although I've been really bad about updating it lately just because the schedule is kind of (laughs) wacky with the holidays. And I I did get wind up getting a a job that is long hours, but is only temporary. So I'll be done with that in a few weeks. So yeah, please check out my website and sign up for my email list. I occasionally send out coupons for my merch store or uh, just kind of announcements for blog updates and Instagram posts. Uh, at least I try to, which is definitely a lot to balance. I also have a gift shop slash merch store over on Etsy that has a lot of uh, designs that I've created over the past few months. Um, one of my biggest collections is the Homestate Cryptic Collection, which I've been having a lot of fun with. Basically, I go through each state and kind of check out what's the most popular cryptid and do 
a state outline with a silhouette of uh, said cryptid. Um, and it's probably got about... How many do I have? I think I have around 15, maybe more, of the home state cryptid collection designs. And there's also several other different cryptid, a couple UFO designs. And they come on all sorts of different garments, like T-shirts, hoodies, long sleeves, tank tops, uh, coffee mugs, stickers. And I hope to expand into a couple different items. It's a lot of fun. And uh, if you do decide to go over there and purchase something, it helps me out a lot and uh, helps keep Strangeology running and making awesome content for the future, which I love doing this and I'm super stoked for expanding this podcast and soon I will be delving into my first research episode and hopefully lining up some guests to bring on Uh, so stay tuned for that Um, and I'm going to end it right here just so it's not too long winded because sometimes I tend to ramble Um, so until next time take care of yourselves and each other and keep it strange strange